This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money, and I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help uh, bring more in-person interviews, more travel more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of a, uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free, uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go, um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way, and uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing, and I thank you so much. Hey, this is Emily White, host of the Interning 101 podcast, part of the Jabberjob Media Podcast Network. Interning 101 brings you interviews from everyone from execs who began as interns to what your dream jobs are looking for in interns. We'll be providing additional wisdom from myself, along with other entertainment and business professionals whose experience provide insights into the interning experience and beyond through a successful career. Listen and subscribe at JabberjobMedia.com. And thanks so much. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And welcome to episode 101 with Matt Freeman and Jason Willer from Charger. Uh, Jason is also in the uh, Jello Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine. He's the drummer for that band, amongst many others, which we talk about on the episode. And Matt Freeman is also in Rancid and Operation Ivy. Uh, all kinds of different bands. I mean, you go over everything. But um, for me growing up, uh, just, I mean, a huge influence on me growing up and uh, discovering punk rock. Um, and just an awesome time with both these guys. As you guys know, I don't do interviews mostly with, with multiple people. It's always one-on-one. But this one went really well, and both guys were very, very uh, gracious. And I think we set it up in a way that was uh, is going to be very easy to listen to. 
Uh, we kind of split things up a little bit to where uh, each person took part of the story and uh, of the formation and the upcoming, well, it's out now, actually, um, the Charger EP, the self-titled EP out on Pirates Press Records. Um, it's, dude, it's like Motorhead meets Prague meets I mean, it's crazy. We talk about it on the episode. You guys will hear all about it. But if you have not checked out Charger's new EP, the self-titled EP, uh, it's up on Spotify. It's everywhere now. Pirates Press Records has it. There's a whole, uh, I think, whole bundle pack you can do with T-shirts. They have coffee, um, all kinds of things. But like I said, Jason and Matt were very gracious uh, with their time, and we had a blast, Um, an absolute blast. And I love being able to uh, bring bands maybe you guys haven't heard to the table and get you guys on board as well. Um, so big thanks um, over to Mutiny PR. I mean, just awesome, awesome people over there and hooking this up and getting it going. So guys, I'm stoked to bring you this episode. Uh, let's get some business out of the way first, and then we'll jump right in. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the the uh, website. You can check it out for all the episodes, all the information, all the links, everything else. Uh, as well as the socials. Um, You guys know where we are on there, Instagram, Facebook, all that business. Uh, We do have a few sponsors to mention. Uh, Artistflags.com has been sponsoring the show for a while. Um, They've got us some amazing 3x3 flags that are back in stock. We have the Pleasure Skull on white, uh, which is the main logo, and then we have the Wizard on black. Um, Both available. Um, You can shoot me a DM or an email. Um, We can hook that up through PayPal if you guys want one. Uh, But they are the 3x3-foot flag that artistflags.com made for us and they are absolutely badass i'm going to post them up online too so you guys can see them Uh, i'm sure you've seen them on the instagram if you haven't already check it out Um, and sticker ninja sticker ninja is the one-stop shop for everything stickers these stickers are super durable Um, all the stickers you guys have ordered from the show uh, all come from sticker ninja you'll see the durability the the craftsmanship Um, they, they just do a great job the uh, hard hat I wear at work has been beat to hell, and those stickers literally, I think almost a year in now, are look brand new. It's absolutely insane. The other the other stickers on the hard hat have all faded away, but these ones are vibrant and bright. Uh, they do that matte finish. Uh, we've got some 12 by 12 pentagram stickers in stock, and we've got the glow-in-the-dark stickers in stock from Sticker Ninja. So, like I said, hit up the hit up the shop online. Hit me up on DM or fa- uh, uh, email, and we can get those to you uh, if you want to purchase those. So big thanks to Sticker Ninja. Uh, the coupon code at Sticker Ninja is uh, Peer Pleasure Ten, and I'll get you ten percent off your order uh, of of anything you want from Sticker Ninja. And I highly recommend going through them for anything you do for stickers. Uh, the other sponsor we have to mention as well is Merge 4 Socks. Merge 4 Socks have partnered with a bunch of bands, uh, pro skaters, turned artists. Um, They've got just amazing socks. They're super comfortable. I wear them every day. They've sent me enough that I have a pair for every day of the week, Um, and I I love them. They're absolutely fantastic. They are comfortable, durable. Uh, The designs are badass. They've got stuff from Steve Caballero. They've got Foo Fighters stuff. They've got uh, Circle Jerk socks I was wearing the other day to a show with my boys Broadway Calls. Um, just an awesome company. So check out Merge4 on Instagram, Merge4.com. Um, they're absolutely, absolutely amazing. You guys are going to be blown away. Um, and they got the no-shows now uh, if you're not into the crew style. And they still have the same vibrant color and everything else on them. So big thanks to Merge4. Big thanks to ArtistFlags.com. Uh, big thanks to Sticker Ninja. Sticker Ninja's been with the show a long time, uh, almost as long as Rockabilia. And you always hear that ad. I don't mention Rockabilia um, in my intros anymore because you hear the ad at the beginning and it's already in there. So, But definitely check out Rockabilia.com uh, if you get the chance. Uh, PC Jabberjaw is the code for 10% off your order there as well. All right, guys. So without further ado... Let's get into this episode with Charger. It's Jason Willer and Matt Freeman. Take on the world's pain I can see it in your eyes Rotting from 
Jason. Yeah, hi. Hey, it's Dewey. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing hey, buddy, great. Matt, I'm Matt. Matt's here, too. How are you? Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Good, man. I'm stoked to have you guys on. I'm I'm glad this worked out, and uh, yeah, you guys both sound good. That's great. I usually do one-on-ones, so this is, uh, this is the second... I think we're a hundred and some episodes in, and this is the second time I've done uh, multiples over the phone. <laughs> well, thanks for doing it, and thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had uh, Lars on yesterday. We did like an hour and a half, um, and uh, yeah, so I've been been uh, busy, busy. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. So uh, Matt Freeman and Jason, is it Willer or Weiler? Willer. Willer, okay. Like, like Miller with a W. Excellent. So uh, you guys are two-thirds of Charger, um, which is a new band coming out. I mean, you guys got your EP coming out on the 10th of May, I believe, on Pirates Press Records. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So I heard the first track that was released on Spotify, which I believe was Victim, um, and then uh, Christina sent out a press release today for crackdown and jesus christ guys it is brutal i am i am so excited about this ep it is it's like uh it just gets you i was listening to crackdown after i left the job site today and i was driving on the freeway with the windows down it's portland oregon it's like 70 degrees and i looked down i'm going like 75 miles an hour on the freeway when in of course a 50 mile an hour freeway and uh it's one of those kind of kind of records that I think kind of just it just puts the fire behind you. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I wanted to get into a little bit of of uh, kind of where you guys come from, and I mean, uh, Jason, I know far less about you uh, than I do about Max. I've been into Op Ivy was one of the first bands that I got into on my own um, that got me into punk rock. Um, and you know, of course, rancid after that, and, and everything else. Um, but why don't we start with you, Jason? Where do you come from, and, and tell me a little bit about where you're where you're from and, and your upbringing. Okay, well, um, yeah, thanks. I'm uh, I'm from the from from the Bay Area. I'm I'm East Bay, a little you know, like thirty minutes east of uh, of Oakland, of where I reside now. So um, I grew up in kind of Concord Clayton area. But I, I started going out to uh, to Gilman Street uh, in Berkeley around. I think my first show was like Naked Aggression in 1993. So I've been I've been going to shows and been around for for a long time. Of course, I was into Op Ivy and Rancid coming up, and uh, very influenced by all that stuff. And as well as uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of started out listening to to more Black Sabbath and Motorhead and Maiden and Judas Priest and anything with a very interesting, uh, anything that kind of had a record cover that would scare my mother. <laughs> I was, uh, I was drawn to, you know, yeah. uh, the further I grew up in the Mormon church. So the furthest thing from Mormon was very appealing to me. And so I kind of, uh, and I, I started playing drums at about, um, in 1989. So about, uh, I was about 11 when I started playing. Um, and then I started playing out in bands around, around 93 when I was about, uh, yeah, they, I don't know how old was I 14, 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and started touring, was in a little local band called TFM and then, or teenagers from Mars. And we did some touring when I was little, like 15, 16 up and down the West coast. And then, uh, joined a band called the enemies on lookout records um and then the 2000s i was fortunate enough to join the uk subs oh wow um, okay. cuz the guitar the guitar player nicky garrett was living in san francisco and i heard they needed a drummer for uh brazil and argentina and so uh a lot of my friends were getting into heroin at the time and i thought it would be a good a good exit strategy to get away from the the darkness you know and yeah. so i started touring touring with that band um and stayed in the UK subs for about five years and moved to Germany and kind of had a whole life of my early twenties, um, in, in Europe and traveling around with the subs and doing Japan and Canada and kind of 
got really into touring and it was really fun. Around 2006, moved back to the Bay Area and uh, to North Berkeley and started uh, cooking in, in uh, restaurants and was burning my hands and decided I was going to uh, start teaching. I started teaching drums and started playing in local bands and, um, and then later on joined Nick Turner from Hopwind and started playing with him and some other prog bands. And then later on after that, I got picked up by Jello Biopera. So I also play with Jello and Guantanamo School of Medicine. Um, and now I'm here playing with uh, with Matt Freeman and, and Andrew and Charger. Man, that's so... I <laughs> I grew up. I never really like heard it laid out like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. That's a serious. I had a band resume. called called Alaric as well, and I sang and played drums for a band called Cross Stitched Eyes over in Europe as well. Man, so I had my own little local bands as well as working for other other artists. That's killer. I I grew up in the Mormon Church as well. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I absolutely uh, understand where you're coming from there, and uh, I was in the same boat. Watch, my man. My parents would go through my. Well, it was CDs for me. I I did. I grew up in Alaska, so you know CDs came out, cassettes came out. I never had vinyl except at a radio station my dad worked at, and I was listening to, like pop records and stuff. But I would just watch them come into my room and and check out what I was listening to. I think I had uh, the Chronic by Dr. Dre, and he broke it in half. Um, and then, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was before I discovered uh, anything else. Like a weird, weird transition. But um, yeah, I I feel you on the the records will scare your parents and and how easy it is when you have mormon parents to to freak them the fuck out (laughs) totally my my mom one time went in my room because i used to write i used to go through the rancid lyrics and i remember i wrote out the bottle and it was before i'd ever drank anything Uh but i wrote out the bottle just just to get practice writing lyrics and i remember she i remember later on going through her, her closet to have me get something and found that she had confiscated the, the the lyrics so she must have thought that i had written that you know i don't think that she knew that it was <laughs> so. did, did uh well you said you said you went to you know to escape the the heroin and everything else did you get into that stuff or was it mainly just drinking and and whatever i mean did you have an issue with that i stuff? mean i never had an issue with it but i i i tried it when i was in when i was 1920 okay um but my friends, my friends all got hooked. Yeah, and the house was getting really uh, unsanitary with needles being laid around and stuff. Uh huh. Man, that stuff is prevalent. It's insane. That's good. It didn't get its hooks in you, man. That's oh no. So easy. I, I you know I, I music always takes precedence so over anything with me. Yeah. So it's like if it was it was if it was ever um, a relationship or a drug or anything that was getting in the way. It always got the axe because music was always first and foremost, you know. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. That's, I mean, it's amazing how, I mean, for, for someone playing it, how much it can save your life, but also other people as a listener, how it can change so much of someone else's life, you know. You can sit in your room yeah. and write this song that could stop someone from killing themselves, could get them off drugs, could, you know, m- drive them to make a huge decision in their life or motivate them to achieve something it's crazy it's absolutely nuts. yeah it's the wild west yeah but, well what about you matt i uh, tell me tell me about your upbringing I, I i mean i know yeah i know your resume and and catalog pretty well but as far as your you know your upbringing and where you come from i don't know much about oh well um i grew up in albany california um, which is like right next to Berkeley, it's East Bay. And, uh, um, I don't know, you know, I, I started playing, uh, trumpet when I was a kid and I was always been in the music and, uh, I was raised by my dad who was a, a street cop, a uh, single father. And, uh, I didn't have the problems you guys did. I, I don't think I could do anything to shock him, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like, you know, short of like stealing a car or something, which i never did. Uh, he was pretty, he, I don't think he knew what to do with me, you know, cause I was, you know, he was like this, you know, big, badass, hard boiled, 
dude and you know i just wanted to sit in my room and listen to records you know which he was fine with and uh you know and then you know met tim when we were kids and you know you know the whole story you know going through the operation ivy all that kind of stuff yeah um but uh you know i just always you know wanted to play music and i started getting into you know i was just always interested in any kind of music you know i was really subjected to uh my mother was really into like all the 70s like california stuff like eagles and jackson brown and linda ronstadt which you know <laughs> i can actually yeah i don't know how i feel about that but you know i mean it's good music it's good music now now i look at it as a you know 53 year old i'm like well that's pretty good stuff they were doing there but i don't know didn't really rock too hard you know when you're 12 or 13 sure you know but you know, i got the i got the punk and rock and you know uh, who was one of my favorite bands and uh you know black sabbath and you know all that kind of stuff and then you know just punk rock stuff and i've been playing you know i mean me and tim you know started you know playing when we were you know whatever in high school and yeah you know operation ivy rancid that whole thing but you know i've always just played music that's basically it was it always bass with you was it bass right away like i said i mean i played horns in school and stuff you know but i you know i started off playing guitar okay i got a hold of this like i got a hold of this like spanish guitar my mom was like sing Joan Baez songs on or something and I was just like oh yeah it's like I figured it out and then I got into bass of, uh, I got a bass my dad bought me like this Fender Music Master and I just went from there man you know and I was really influenced by like there's a lot of great bass players out there I mean the one that really changed me was John Wilson from The Who yeah he uh I got this um my, I have a older uncle who's only like a couple of years actually older than me <laughs> like uh uh, uh, he he was like sort of my bigger brother, and he had the Sue, you know, he had the Sue record live of Leeds, and I took it home. You know, I was just like, oh my god, what's this? And at first, I thought John Wilson was the guitar. I didn't know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, this dude's awesome, and I'm like, oh, it's the bass, you know. And like, uh, so I got really into that, and then I just, you know, you know, learning, and yeah, just kept going. Man. Yeah, I I feel like you're one of the busiest bass players in punk rock. Like, uh, with your style, like it's there's so much going on. Even watching it in prepping for this interview, like just kind of re reacquainting myself with things. I would I would get on YouTube and watch some videos, and then I would go to the covers. So when someone's trying to cover like Maxwell Murder or something, and just watch how hard they're struggling to play it. <laughs> <laughs> which you do so flawlessly of course but like and it almost seems effortless but it's when you're listening to it there's so much going on i've always admired that about your playing and and uh you know just i mean it's a it's a super bass can get lost a lot of the time but it's super prevalent in what you're doing and, and almost everything you're doing and uh i mean john entwistle man he was i'm a sun amp dude like i love the sun amp oh, and sun i think Coliseum. i think he had his own model at one point I think he's one of the only people. It was either him or, or maybe it was Pete Townsend. But uh, now Pete Townsend never played Sun. Pete Townsend pretty much did High Watch. Okay, so it must and have been then, John Entwistle. I've, I swear I saw him on a Sun ad, like one of those vintage Sun ads, uh, with his own model. Oh, I'm sure he did. I mean, I don't. I've never seen that, but I've I've got this picture. I've got this poster, the Who the Who poster, and it's them like in probably 1973. Mm-hmm. And he's just got a stat. He's just got a wall of Sun amps. Yes. And he's playing those Fender Birds, where he would take a Thunderbird, a Gibson Thunderbird, take the necks off and put Fender necks on them. <laughs> and uh, it was like his his sound. Yeah. I mean, that's what he did. And uh, yeah, he was a really into the Sun. He always used solid state. I mean, he had like I've read a lot about the Who, and I guess his whole he had this amazing like he, it was so big and loud. Yeah. Like it, they called it, I think the crew, I read somewhere the crew called it Manhattan, like, or something <laughs> they had, like named for it. But, uh, I saw this interview with Pete Townsend after he passed away and he said, you know, when they decided to go out again, they just didn't know how they were going to recreate that massive sound that yeah. he had. You know, I mean, I saw them in 1982, um, which was supposed to be their farewell tour, which is pretty interesting because they're all in their late thirties at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 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 dude, they're done, man. They're almost forty. Wow, you know. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, it was pretty funny, you know, and, uh, but I saw them, you know, it was like transformative because the clash opened up too. And that was, it was on the combat rock tour. Okay. And that was pretty, pretty amazing at the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. And then they played the second night indoors. The clash didn't play. And it was just, it was pretty amazing to watch. Wow. See, I had one of those Coliseum bases and it caught fire after two weeks, <laughs> like literally caught fire. It was insane. Loudest amp I've ever used for, for bass. I'm a, I'm a guitar player, but it was on one of those Craigslist deals. And I was like, man, I got to have this and try it out. And I, I let our bass player use it and, and literally just started smoking and then flames started coming out. It was insane. And I was so pissed off because it sounded so Were you playing a show when you were doing that? No, it was in the practice space. <sighs> That's too bad because if we were playing a show, that'd be pretty rad. Right? Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> and catching on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, that rock is so hard. <laughs> Dude, I know you're a basement guy, but have you do, have you used the Sun Gear? Do you own some? Um, I don't own any Sun Gear, no. Oh, okay. Um, I don't, and I've you know I've I've used different. I mean, if you want to talk bass, I can geek out on bass all day long. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, I use Fender Basements. Um, over the years, though, I've used all kinds of different kind of stuff, mostly solid state amps. I mean, the first mm-hmm. few Rancid records, and actually a lot of later records, too, I had, and I still have it, an Acoustic 320. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah, Acoustic yeah. Amps? Yeah, and it yeah. had the four, 415 cabinet. Oh, my God. And it's 415, so it's one, it's one like, two-facing and then two, like, inverted in the cabinets facing each other. Oh it's God. I don't know. It's some yeah. crazy '70s dude came up with it, and it's like the loudest amp. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculously loud. And it was actually really great in the first. And it and I bought it for nothing, you know, in 1992 or three, and you know, you know, hooking that thing around with rancid. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, it 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 was it was a good sound, and um, and then I sort of retired it because it was just you know getting all broken up and. Uh, you know, those old solid state amps, like, well, they catch fire, obviously. Yeah. You know, so, but I know that you can't really fix them, or I've been told that. I don't know. But anyway, but I, I, I've recorded with it and I've used um, all kinds of stuff. I used GK for a while, mostly solid state. Now with these fenders, there's a 300 basin, which is a, you know, huge, uh, you know, big tube head. And then other basements are uh, uh, the 800s, which have a tube preamp. And like solid state, like power amp. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. And uh, those are pretty punchy too. Okay. You know, I used Ampeg Five Pros for a while, and you know, but uh, yeah, that's about it. Man, well, so why don't Jason? Why don't you? Why don't you t- tell me how you and Matt met, and how this, how this whole, you know, kind of start the story on how Charger got together. I mean, this is it, this is a powerhouse, man. This is this is some good stuff. So the first time I met Matt was in. Um, 95 Rancid played on the Outcome the Wolves tour and um at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Okay. I had a my 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 uh I I had pierced my face with like a safety pin or something or my lip or I don't know something and my stepdad was like I'll take you to any concert you want to go to <laughs> if you take that metal out of your face. And I said I want to go see I want to go see Rancid at the Fillmore, you know. So he took me there, and I was wearing an Econochrist shirt and had a big mohawk. And I think Tim saw the Econochrist shirt and said, that's my roommate Ben's band. And he brought me backstage. and was really nice. Uh-huh. And I think I met I met all the guys as like a 15-year-old or something, or however old I was. I don't know. Maybe I was 16, 17. Um, um, and... And then years later, we'd be seeing each other around or whatever. Um, and but never really knew each other, but just knew each other around town from around town or whatever. And I, I knew Lars because of uh, his UK subs connection. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, what happened? Like last uh, about two years ago. Oh yeah, you came. Um, so I was working in a music shop called the Starving Musician in Berkeley. And, um, he would come in there and we would get talking. He would come in, he would come in for about a year and a half and we were always, 
chat it up, like usually on a Sunday. Or yeah, something. I would be doing that. And sometimes I bring my young kids, my young boys with me because it'd be getting something to do. <laughs> I <don't know>. Yeah. <laughs> like I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. And then um, I think it was like one of my last days working there and he happened to come in with his son and say his son needed some lessons. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I started teaching this kid and, um, and then about a year, almost a year in or six months in, we, uh, kind of talked about playing and it was more so just like, just to kind of mess around and just to kind of challenge ourselves and just to do something a little different in, um, in the vein of, uh, of stuff that we kind of grew up with old heavy rock, hard mm-hmm. rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see how it would feel. And then if I remember correctly, well, the first, the first time we, we started playing it, it was, uh, I think we both, we both just had a, had a blast and we were just kind of throwing ideas at each other and just kind of messing around and, and, um, in a structured form, it wasn't just like jamming or anything, but I think, um, at least to me, it felt like we were kind of cut from the same vine work ethic wise, mm-hmm. um, we both took it serious and, and uh, wanted to challenge each other and, and uh, have a lot of fun doing it and honor this style of music that, or the spirit of, of uh, a style that's kind of seems to be lacking Yeah. Uh, these days. Um, I don't know. That's my perspective. Of yeah. That. That's, I mean, that's basically how it happened. Um, you know, I, I know Jason, you know, I've been, it seems like he's been around forever, you know, and I mean, like 1990, you know, he was, you know, around, I'd see him at the, I felt sort of bad because I'd go to the music store, you know, you know, maybe every three months or something. I think the first like year you have to interview. I'm Jason. Oh yeah, you're Jason. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, drummer guy, right? You know, like (laughs) sort of bad about that kind of thing. And but yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. You know, he he really did good with my son and uh, great teacher. And we yeah, we just started talking. I mean, I didn't really want to be in another band. I mean, we you know we have I'm doing fine there and. you know, but it was more like, okay, well, let's get together and just like have fun and play some different stuff. And, you know, I know he's a real technical drummer and, you know, you know, I like to play. So it's like, you know, let's just get together and, you know, just see what happens and have some fun. And, you know, I'm really into, you know, I really am into like a lot of that eighties metal and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, Dio, Dio is one of my like hidden pleasures. I love Dio records and just Dio. I actually saw him play in the mob rules tour when i was like 14 it was like another pretty transportive event it was pretty awesome <laughs> like that but the geezer butler is an amazing bass player too we can oh, go yeah. on about him are you enjoying the show if you are definitely head over to apple Podcasts, google play stitcher anywhere you're listening to podcasts wherever you're listening to this podcast right now throw us a five-star rating or a review we really appreciate that it helps the show out big time so like I said, if you are enjoying the show, head on over and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you. But yeah, you know, it was fun and, you know, we started talking about it. And then, you know, at first we were just trying weird stuff. I mean, he turned me on to like, and I I didn't really realize it's, you know, like early Judas Priest records where they're like sort of proggy, like what's a... Sin after sin with Simon Phillips on drums. Yeah, and it's amazing, and it's crazy. And I, I've heard all those records, but it's like you go back to them. Like I think I know this sounds sort of weird, but you go back to them. Like it's one way you listen to something when you're 16, mm-hmm. you're like this rocks, man. This is awesome. And then you like, you know, you, I've been playing for God knows how long, and you know, musician, and like, like I say, you know, 53 years old. You listen to 50 whatever, and you listen to, it and you're like, oh my god, this shit is brilliant. What were they thinking? How did yeah. they do this? <laughs> yeah. And then you think about it, and then you think about it, it's like, whoa, man, this is like no Pro Tools. These fuckers did this on tape. All on tape. You yeah. know, like tape from, by tape. Yeah. from beginning to end. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. like, it's like, they didn't like cut and paste anything, you know? It's like, wow, you know? And like, uh, and it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. It's like, it's really interesting. You know, I mean, like anything, you know, you grow, you get more mature, you have more experiences, and, you know, it's, so that was fun. So yeah, we just started doing it and just started playing. And, you know, at first it was like, you know, just have fun. We weren't, you know, we're, uh, you know, he teaches a lot in the afternoon. I don't do a lot during the day. So it was like, okay, well let's, you know, jam. And then we, uh, brought Drew in and, uh, you know, Drew's awesome. And we just, 
just kept going and here we are man so this so a lot of this stuff came together just the two of you before drew came on board with the with charger is that that what i'm gathering here where when you guys were you say you weren't jamming really it was more structured were you doing were you doing some guitar stuff too matt to, to get things going or or was it all just uh, yeah we, we yeah we, we did that a couple did that a couple times i'm not the greatest guitarist in the world um you know i do okay um but it was yeah but mostly it was just bass and drums a lot of it was um a lot of the early stuff was like really focusing on like a rhythm section mm-hmm. like just trying to be a badass rhythm section yeah you know um and just doing like weird time signatures and, and stuff like that which was really rad and then um and then once drew came in you know i might you know show him something on bass and then you know or even on guitar but it's like it's one of those things it's like i can show him on guitar and i'm gonna play it like i play it and then he's gonna play it like a guitarist yeah yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Man, it's it's interesting too because listening to the and like I said, I haven't gotten the whole EP yet from from Christina. I've just gotten the two tracks that I think everyone's been able to to stream. Um, but just the power behind it, for one thing, it's it's really like it's really reminiscent of like Motorhead, like just that fucking in your face just no holds barred but then i think it was in crackdown where the the verse kind of um ends on this almost like i hate i don't hate to say this but like this yes kick like where it's like the do 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 like it the way it cuts down does that does that sound accurate it, it's almost like goes from like crazy balls out motorhead to prog prog in there yeah and then back it's like so it takes you to like this other place because you're just like like just going like like i was driving and then all of a sudden i was like oh hey that's interesting like like an interesting take on so it's it's cool like there's no there's no rules like it's just fucking powerhouse i love it like it's it's so cool to see like you're saying that that music just isn't around like it was you know it's it's it is severely lacking now it seems like a really good time for this to come out. Well, thank you. Um, that's really nice to say. Yeah, a lot of it had to do with also, too, with, like, um, the swing or the feel of it. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of discussions about that. You know, I mean, you listen to, you know, Black Sabbath, and, you know, they've got a swing to them. You know, they're not just all blocky or anything. I mean, it's it's, it's really real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something we were trying to do. You know, the victim song... You know that's Jason singing, right? No, it's not me. Yeah, it is. It's like what? Then we should put some sort of like disclaimer. This is Jason Willard. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I had some friends of mine like, bro, your voice is awesome. I'm like, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I think Crackdown. I guess the voice is a little. Yeah, you know, it's similar. If you really listen to it, though, he has a different. He has a different way of. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? He he has a different. Uh, I don't know expression cadence or something. It's a little, it's a little different. But yeah, Jason's singing too, and he sings wow. on a, a couple of the songs on the EP too. Dude, and that's so, yeah, the, it's been kind of it's been kind of vague on it because it says like the press releases and stuff will say, you know that that Jason sing like does vocals and drums, but it also says you know Matt. So I would just figure, you know, it was Matt. But that was that's that's where it's kind of like uh, there's not a lot of information to where it's you know and it's close enough that you could say well yeah you know um, that's fascinating <laughs> that's really yeah, Jason is. dude that's kick ass you oh, do have a you. voice my friend that's and doing that while playing I always love it when drummers sing dude um, but yeah they, and it flows so well together you know you listen to them back to back. Um, and I've always been a fan of, of your voice, Matt, since the first Rancid record, you know, and, and before Lars came on board and does a lot of the other vocals. So I was stoked Thanks. to like, like all these years later to hear how, how far your voice has come. Like it's definitely changed, but it's just so everything's so just, um, just raw and real. Like it's, 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 uh, it's refreshing, you know? Thanks. Thanks very much. But, uh. So so take me through like so you get you get Drew in the band, songs start start metabolizing, coming together, materializing, and so I got a second I got a second bass drum and some more toms in okay. there. 
in that story. <laughs> so I'd, I'd never played double bass before, so it's been a, like a learning curve there. I think it was, it's all about like trying to challenge ourselves, really. Sure. Like because I think move, moving forward is a big part of like was has always like kind of a big part of our conversations and mm-hmm. and not not settling for uh, uh, not pigeonholing ourselves into any genre. I mean, music's such a for me, it's, a, it's such a awesome there's so many flavors of it, you know, and to be able to, as we get a little older, it's nice to actually, for me, I have, I have a more of an open mind towards so many different styles now. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's just like a different flavor for, for your mood, you know, you, and, and to be able to access that and to be open to that. And then to be able to figure out how to play a bunch of different styles and, and apply them, um, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's been a, a really fun couple of, uh, couple of years building help, uh, you know, building this thing with, with Matt and Drew. Yeah, absolutely. And so did you guys notice, I mean, of course it's probably, it's, and it's always easier to do these things, uh, you know, with the pedigree you guys come from, like it's, it, it's, you have a lot of contacts, you have a lot of, you know, people already interested in things before, you know, and give it more of a chance. I think sometimes, or maybe they question it more than they would uh, because of that. But how soon did you guys get interest with, you know, hey, we're going to put out a record or an EP? Did did labels come knocking right away? Did you guys have to reach out to them? Like, how did that go? No, I never, you know, we didn't really. I mean, we recorded uh, last summer and we were still like, I mean, we hadn't even played a show yet. I mean, we were just like, oh, we should, you know, we had a bunch of songs and we were like, okay, we should get this down. So we went into. East Bay Recorders, which is Michael Rosen, who was engineer on like, oh God, I guess he was engineer on Let's Go and Out Come the Wolves and um, I think Part of Life Won't Wait, but I mean, we've used him over the years and he he's really local and he's really rad. He's been doing it forever. He does all um, the casual stuff too. And uh, yeah, and we still didn't really know what we were doing. I mean, we just went in there like, okay, we got to document this. Yeah. Let's go and get it in there. And we did that, and then I think, you know, we, you know, it was like, okay, we threw a couple songs up on Bandcamp, and it was like, okay, there's that. And then, you know, people started asking us to play. But we still, I mean, we're, you know, we're still opening and, you know, playing, like, opening shows, and, you know, we're just, you know, just sort of doing it. And then uh, Skippy at Pirates Press came and saw us, and he goes, I want to do whatever with you guys. And so it was like, okay. You know, I mean, we've known Skippy forever, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he's you know, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, he's done a lot of stuff with Rancid and Casuals and everybody. So it's like you know, he's local. He's just down the street, and uh, so that was basically it. I mean, we're just honestly like we don't really have much of a plan. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, I really, if anything, it's like the plan is to have no plan. Uh, we're just, we're just, you know, we we write and we're, you know, we're putting this thing out and. You know, we got a bunch more songs and we're just going to keep, you know, playing shows and doing whatever, you know what I mean? Not rushing anything and, you know, just having, you know, as long as it's fun and it is really fun, uh, it's cool, you know? Yeah. A different feel entirely. Being on stage with different people. You've been on stage with the same people for a long time, you know, and, and, and Jason, your resume is insane too. I, I am, I'm surprised i couldn't find a lot of things on that when i was researching for this episode because i usually uh i was telling lars this yesterday like i i used to take like three pages of notes and do all this research and i would never use it the conversation would just kind of go um but i really was interested to to find out you know more about you and i couldn't find much so hearing that resume i mean that kind of just hit me all at once like it was really impressive so i mean like and like matt's been playing with the same people for for so long and especially with tim for since high school um being on stage with different people i mean it's got to feel great you know like a whole new experience a whole new connection you know when you're locking in together and especially being uh as you said such a technical drummer i mean it's just a whole new world of possibilities plus the other thing that's cool is is it's probably not the 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 breadwinning band like the where where you can do what you want with it you know it's not there's no pressure it's just free and that comes through in the music i think to where it's just it's just i mean like i said it's just organic and punishing well that's it 
I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we all get along really well. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's fun, you know, and I mean, I play, you know, I've been doing, I've played, I've played with all kinds of different people. And, you know, just sometimes you just get people that you just really enjoy playing with and you got a connection, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Rance is that. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, same thing. It's like, it's, it's fun. It's different. And it's just, we have a lot of fun, you know, and it, I think it does come out in the music. And, you know, I think there's that old saying, you know, take what you do seriously, but not yourselves seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of laughing and a lot of like, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, you know, you, you know, you're in there, you're writing songs, and it's like, it's like this is awesome. Check this out, and it's like, yeah, that's a Black Sabbath song. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I knew I knew it from some obscure, you know, some obscure, like, you know, it's just like, ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know. But uh, but it's you know, it's fun. You know, no one's like yelling. At you. Yeah, it's, I think I think I've I've rewritten a Motorhead song somewhere in the, in the mix, you know, by accident, not intentionally, but being called out, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, well, Jason, you said you, you added, you added a double bass and some more toms. Matt, did you change, did you change a lot with your gear or tone from what you, you what know, you do with Rancid? Yeah, actually I did, you know, um, I did, I got a pedal board for the first time, um, I run some stuff in my rancid rig. Uh, I run some pedals in there, but they're on all the, they're on all the time. Like I have like my rancid rig is very like, I control a I control a lot um, with the different tones with rancid, honestly, a lot with the, the actual tone knob on the bass, which I don't think anybody does and volume and how I hit the strings and how I do that. It's like, I have a whole system. It's just been developed over, 25 years and mm-hmm. i definitely have that tone with with this it's and also i'm playing with uh you know obviously you know you got two guitars and you know uh the uh, brendan uh, brandon, brandon brandon excuse me uh <laughs> it's it's uh it's i worked really hard to fit that i mean i'm getting in the weeds here but to fit that tone in with you know tim's tim's amp and lars's amp and how brandon's amp sound like it wouldn't work in charger yeah, you know, um, it, it's uh, it just. I mean, we would, but you know what I mean. I work. You just you get it. It's weird. Like people, you got to have like fit. We, I want everything to fit in. Like fit in with the drums and, and going there with the drums and, and uh, Drew's tone and the whole thing. So I got a pedal board, and uh, and I also got this uh, Geezer Butler Wah. Okay, it's pretty rad and. Um, I got it just because it was a user butler wah, and I just think I'd <laughs> hang out in my you know room and do it, you know, just play you know Black Sabbath all day long. But um, I actually got it, and I actually use it on a song, a couple songs, and you know I got a couple pet pedals. I'm using a bass octave for the first time on some stuff, and mostly it's just to take out. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get that like big. I'm just trying to get a big sound to to like sort of hold my end of the stage. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I was going to say I'm curious how Matt Freeman goes out and gets a pedal board. Like after playing so long, and like you said, you know, using like a very Fugazi approach to to like no effects really, where it's just like kind of controlling how you're picking, you know, what you're with your tone knob, every like uh, utilizing everything from the guitar to the amp with just a chord. How did it go about? Like you said, you got the wah, but what else did went through your mind? Did you kind of just go and start trying stuff out? Did you have like an idea of, I mean, like I know a lot of bass players use the Sans amp gear to get that extra crunch. Yeah, I don't I mean. Uh, yeah. I, um, well, I use the same, uh, I use the same, um, I guess it's, it's a mild distortion. It's a pork loin pedal. I use actually the same one with rancid. And then I just, you know, I just experimented with stuff, you know, I mean, okay. I like to experiment and I'm using, um, I've got this dark glass amp too, this microtubes amp that I've been messing with too, and which gives it a little more of a, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, uh, but I, I know what I, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like you hear it in your head, and it's like this is how I want it to sound, and then you just sort of figure out, put the pedals there to do it. And again, it was just sort of fun, you know. And it's, uh, and it's sort of maddening sometimes. I've learned that I'm not really good at. I either have to turn the pedal and leave it on. Yeah. Or take it off i can't do it in the middle of songs i hit the other pedals and it's i get frustrated and there's probably 
you know what I, you know what I mean? You've been and spoiled like, uh, for too long. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, you know, uh, yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, it's just different. You know, it's just a lot of fun messing with other stuff, you know, and then playing with, um, Jason's the first guy who's ever had, uh, he's actual double bass. So learning to play with that too. And, um, just, you know, just figuring out and all drummers are different, you know, like, Oh yeah. You know, I've been lucky enough to play with some great freaking drummers in my life, you know, and I did my stint with this, uh, social distortion like 15 years oh, ago. Oh, hell yeah. The late, late Charlie Quintana was one of the best drummers ever. Uh, you know, Travis Barker, you know, that guy's a monster. Joey Castillo, right? Joey Castillo. I did, a, um, yeah, a couple things with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, Joey, then, is he you know, from Brandon, Queens of the Stone Age? Yeah, yeah, but he was in a old wasted youth, that old punk band. But yeah. he was in Queens of the Stone Age for uh, for many years too. Yeah, oh, fuck. yeah. So and then like, um, yeah, and then you know Brandon is just you know Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so it's so, but you gotta like you know adapt and you know it's fun, you know. Yeah, that's just that just struck me like. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, how does Matt Freeman go about getting a pedal board, and and what what would he choose, and where would where would he go? You know that that stuff always fascinates me because I I nerd out on that stuff all the time, and and you know what would do this, what what combinations would get this, and then ordering it all, you know, putting it in the right order and everything else. I have buddies that hit me. Yeah, up all the, the right time. order. Yeah, I I found that out. I, I I basically would take a picture of it and send it to like, you know like Rob Malecki or someone who was a guitarist at Devil's Brigade and be like, he's a, I'm like, dude, is this right? He's like, no, dude, you have to move it around, have your distortion here, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, okay, thank you. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I get those. Hey, can you FaceTime real quick? I need you to look at this. I need you to look at this configuration. Like, oh no, move this, move this, try this, you know? And, and, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, well, what about the first live shows? Like, I mean, playing live with with Charger. I mean, there's there's. I think on the press release I saw there's only one show scheduled right now in in the Bay Area. Do you guys? I know there's no plan, but is there is there talk of an actual tour, like going out either supporting somebody or just going out on your own? I don't know. We'll see. Um, right now we've got this. We got a show coming up on the seventeenth. It's our record release party, and then Branson's yeah. um, going out and doing a bunch of shows this summer. So we don't have a lot. I mean, we're, we're just sort of playing it by ear. Like I said, we don't, I mean, maybe that's maddening to some people. No, you have to have a plan and you have to get this <laughs> and you, you have to do that. It's like, you know, things will happen. You know, yeah. we'll see what happens. And playing okay. live is really, really fun, by the way. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I bet. It's uh, playing the songs like that. I mean, that kind of music is just the best live. I mean, just everything, everything in your face, loud amps, just going full bore. I mean, yeah, just just great stuff. I mean, I'm stoked to hear the I'm stoked to hear the whole EP and and hopefully catch you guys live eventually. You know, if you're up in the Northwest, you know, I don't travel much anymore from here, but um, I mean, I would love to I would love to catch that live if that ends up happening. But you know, having having uh, it just be on the fly is is uh, you know I think something to be be envious of for a lot of a lot of bands you know with with how much your life can be structured in a in a full-time touring band how much your day is structured i mean even what we're doing now like we scheduled this interview for 2 30 on a on a tuesday like so that's on your schedule you know there's a plan everything is is sectioned out your time is sectioned out having to being able to be in control of that and not having a plan there's something to be said for that for sure but um oh. Yeah, so uh, so May 10th, the EP comes out on Pirates Press. The release is in the Bay Area there. What's the place? It's it's at, I didn't recognize the place. So it's a little, uh, it's it's a local local pub that's been around. It's a, it's the home of the West Coast Blues. I, I believe it did it start, it's a historic place. I don't know exactly when it, when it, um, when it started, but it might have been uh, in the 60s. It could have been earlier than that. Uh, it's called Eli's Mile High Club. Okay. And it's kind of like um, it's an old blues blues bar, and um, lately in the past few years it was has been refurbished, um, and it's they they started having blues night again um, on every first and second Monday of the month and inviting the neighborhood back in, and it's it's awesome. It's a real 
uh, welcoming place that totally has a has a scene, and it's right like right near our studio and like right around the corner from my house. So it's super local, and um, so it's a great place for the for the record release, and we we feel really welcome there, and we really have a good time when we play there. Um, so that's the uh, yeah, that's what we're playing for the record release show. It's going to be great with um, a band called War Bison from here and black cobra who are also from here they're oh yeah 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 i know that band man that's fantastic well guys i i want to let you get back to your to your afternoon i appreciate you you taking the time you know i i i know the podcast format can be format can be difficult for people when they see it on paper like oh i need 45 minutes to an hour and they're like what the hell 45 minutes it goes fast but uh i appreciate you guys coming on it's been an honor to speak to you guys and and uh you know, hopefully get some, some word out on this release and this music. And, and, uh, you know, I, I would absolutely be happy to have either of you guys back on to even, you know, dig deeper into things and geek out on whatever. And, and Jason and Matt, thank you guys so much, man. And, and, uh, we'll get you back to your day. Thanks for having us. Thanks, buddy. You have a really good day. Hey, you too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoy that episode with Jason and Matt from Charger. I had an absolute blast. Those guys are fantastic. Two just totally stand-up dudes uh, with a huge contribution to music, and now a Charger, another contribution of a great band that you guys need to go check out. And I just saw that they're coming up to the Northwest. They're playing Portland in July, and I am absolutely stoked. They're playing literally 10 minutes from my house at the Kenton Club. It's going to be badass. If they're coming to a town near you, go see Charger. Check out Charger on Spotify. Uh, get the self-titled EP. Get yourself some coffee over at Pirates Press Records. Get yourself a T-shirt. Uh, this band is going to be awesome. And and like they said in the interview, I mean, they're just kind of going with what comes. And I love that. It's refreshing, and it keeps everything super true and super genuine, um, much like the two guys. So, um, And we may do a part two with them, uh, with Drew, the guitar player, the only guy in the band that wasn't on the show with us um, when they come through in July. We'll see. Hit me up if you guys want a part two with the guys from Charger, and uh, we'll go from there. But guys, thank you so much again for coming back week after week. Uh, episode 101, we're, we're on our way into 100, uh, our second 100 episodes rather. And I mean, I'm feeling great. We've got awesome stuff on the horizon. Uh, I just did an awesome interview today with someone I, I just posted on Instagram. You guys will see it. Um, but I usually don't post those in advance, but this one was too good. So um, still doing a ton of interviews every week and, and uh, getting a little bit backlogged, but we're going to get them all out to you. And uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you so much for, for writing in and, and commenting on things. And I'm glad we can bring you stories that uh, you guys enjoy and help you, you know, help you through your issues. Um, hearing other people running through the same problems is, is really something that I can speak for as, as being very helpful. And uh, the Lars, Lars Fredrickson episode got tons of feedback on that one and uh, some amazing stories in there. So if you missed that one, Go check it out. Go rate and subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything else. And uh, guys, thank you so much. Check out artistflags.com. Check out merch for socks and check out stickerninja.com for all your sticker needs. Hit on uh, email, DM on Instagram. Pick yourself up some of those glow in the dark stickers. Pick yourself up some of those flags, those three foot by three foot flags for your uh, man cave, your studio, your room, whatever you want to do. Throw it on your car. I don't care. It's it's going to be awesome. So. Guys, thank you so much. I'm going to get out of here. As always, we'll see you on the radio.